welcome to episode 243 of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I like to grow food in my allotment and garden. Coming up today, I've taken a trip to Stephen's allotment. We last visited Stephen around this time last year, so I was interested to find out what has changed in the last year on his allotment. Now that's coming up a bit later, but firstly, let's find out what I've been up to on my plots over this last week. Well, today is the 2nd of November 2019. I'm in the potting shed at the moment and we've got a lot of wind and stormy weather outside, which has been like it all day. I know I'm not the only one in the UK to have suffered with this and it's been pretty nasty, actually. We've had quite a few trees down in the area. Because of that, there has not been actually much outside work that I've been able to do. But I'll start from the beginning today. Now, this morning... I popped to a reclaim yard that is closing down because I saw an advertisement they had made that they were selling some wood that looked perfect for the allotment and the sizes, very, very cheap. And I had planned to buy a lot of it. But when I got to the reclaim yard, I was rather disappointed. Yes, they did have lots of wood, but what was there was not in the best condition. To use it on my allotment like I planned to do, I want to make some new beds, I would have to cut so much of it down to make it usable that I would end up losing quite a bit of it. Now, if I had a good rummage, I probably would have found some decent stuff, but due to the wet weather and the wind and the rain, I couldn't be bothered, which is really bad of me. Instead, I thought, I know, I'll go to B&Q, or Wix's in somewhere, and I'll buy the wood brand new. So off I trundled to B&Q, and I found the perfect wood. But then I priced it up, and for each bed, it would cost me sort of £30 a bed. Which I know, in the grand scheme of things, is not a lot of money, especially on a bed. But this is on an allotment, and it's for growing my food, and I, I need it to be cheap. After that, I came home and I'm kind of mulling over. I think I'm going to go back to that reclaim yard and get some wood. But I'm going to have a good rummage and find what I actually need. More on that next week. But when I came home, it was still wet, windy, rainy. You name it, it's going on. And I kind of desperate to do something, you know. I kind of want to get something growing, do something. But I can't do anything outside. So instead... I went to my potting shed and I removed a lot of my propagators, my pots and all those little things that build up and I took them into my kitchen and I've given them all a really good washout. Really needed doing actually so it was a good idea and all I've done with all these is just wash them out with some clean water. I probably should use some steriliser fluid but I've never bothered with that to be honest. And all this is doing is getting rid of all the dirt and the muck and just hopefully making it a bit of a cleaner environment for when I sow seeds over the next few months. And also cleaning the propagator lids just lets that bit more light in, which will help the young plants. While I had the propagators out, I replaced the wicking mat that I had in the, in the bottom of these. And these are just a bit of fabric that basically hold on to a bit more moisture. And they're fairly cheap to buy, but after a while they do get a bit manky. I've just thrown the old ones away replace the uh, propagators with new ones and it's cheap enough to buy 
this wicking mat. I bought a roll of it for about a fiver from the range and that'll do me for a couple of years. After that I went into my greenhouse with one of the carrot pots that I found in my greenhouse a few weeks ago. I filled that up with compost. Now during the week I had a seed delivery from Thompson & Morgan and I had ordered some of these Adelaide carrot seeds and I wanted to see if they will actually grow throughout the winter. I filled up one of these carrot growing pots. They're kind of like a tarpaulin made into a rectangular box. Filled that up with compost, scattered some seeds on top, scattered over a bit more fine compost as well, gave it a good watering and left that in the greenhouse. We'll see how they all get on. I'm going to do the same down the allotment tomorrow so we will see how they get on down there as well. Now, as I said, I am in this potting shed at the moment and I keep saying about how my seedlings are doing in here. Chili seedlings are still really looking good. I'm really impressed with how these are looking. They're not struggling, they've got nice leaves. Even though they're young plants, there's no real browning or yellowing of the leaves. They're nice and green. They do have extra light that I've added in, and so that does help. Whether we'll continue, I don't know. But I'm actually genuinely excited by that. And the peas and the broad beans, they're still growing well. I've actually got to get those into the greenhouse soon. I would have done it today, but because of this weather, I didn't want to chance it. Well, that's it for today. As I said, tomorrow I'm hoping to go down the allotment. Fingers crossed we can get down there and there's been no damage. I haven't gone down there today to check on anything, but I think we'll be okay. We'll find out tomorrow. Well, today is the 3rd of November 2019 and I'm on the allotment where I spent most of the morning. Now I came down here this morning as I came down the sun was shining. Completely lovely day in stark contrast to the stormy weather we had yesterday. As I approached my allotment I could see Grandad's greenhouse and I could see there was quite a few panes of glass missing which was rather worrying I think or I found. So I um, proceeded to park up and I ran over to the greenhouse to have a look at the damage. My neighbour at that point stuck her head out as well and was kind of apologetic and she had had damage to her polytunnel as well so she was in the same boat but my greenhouse well actually it's not that bad there was quite a few panes of glass broken and they were all over the place so my first job was to clear away all this glass that was inside the greenhouse outside the greenhouse even some bits of glass and quite a large bit had flown onto the road which is a good 10 meters away from my greenhouse so quite far away now there was a couple of panels that had also blown out and had landed in the allotment one about a meter away from the greenhouse and another one about three meters away from the greenhouse and these two panels were still intact not damaged at all so that was a a, a little relief in the whole scenario anyway after clearing away all the glass or as much of the glass as i could pick up I looked at the frame of the greenhouse and some of the roof struts had came apart which I promptly put back into place and tightened up. The greenhouse itself, the actual structure is fine. It's just the, now the glass panes. Now the two that I did find I have used to replace some of the panels that were missing just while I had the time I thought the most awkward one would be the first one to be replaced and that's in the far corner on the bottom. So I done that and then another one went in another place and that has left me with 18 glass panels to buy so quite a few. 
While I had the greenhouse in this state, I decided I'll empty all the greenhouse out of everything I had in there. Just pulled all the pots, panels, the shelves and everything out. And while it was empty, I laid down some black membrane, weed suppressor membrane, on the path and under the shelves area. Leaving the sides for where the plants will grow. And then I put everything back in, the paving slabs, the shelves, the pots. So that has actually kind of got a job done that I was planning on doing anyway. After that, and basically it's coming to the end, I, I wanted to sow some of these Adelaide carrots in here today. That's not going to be possible. I've brought down the carrot tubs that I spoke of yesterday. I've got three of those down here, but I filled one of those up with compost. Although I need a bit more compost, so I'll get some of that later and then I'll sow the carrots when I come back another day. So that's what I've been up to today, basically repairing this greenhouse after yesterday's storm. It's uh, annoying, but it's part of allotment life and part of the joys of owning a greenhouse. This week's tip of the week from the RHS Plant Grow Harvest Calendar reads... Fruit trees and shrubs are essentially dormant from now until March, making it the ideal time to plant new ones. Almost sounds like the same tip we've heard three times over over the last few weeks, isn't it? Last week it was roses, a few weeks ago it was uh, fruit trees and shrubs. I've been a bit critical there, aren't I? But let's move on from that because we also have the perennial calendar and its lists of jobs for November. And it starts with what to do in November. As the weather turns cold, there won't be as much growing in the garden, but there's some that can be brought inside, into the greenhouse and into the house, to keep the beauty of the outdoors going to the year's end. Fruits and vegetables. Winter salads, such as winter gem, winterland, cress and corn salad, will do fine under glass, protected by cloches or on a sunny windowsill. Asparagus crowns and rhubarb crowns can be planted outside but give rhubarb plenty of organic matter as they are hungry feeders. Flowers. Plant lilies in pots and then either bring them inside to force new displays over Christmas or leave them outside to flower next summer. It's a last chance to plant winter bedding plants for colour during the cold months such as wallflowers, winter pansies and forget-me-nots. In the greenhouse. Keep your greenhouse frost-free with the installation of a heating system. A paraffin heater is fine for small greenhouses. With a heated greenhouse, lily of the valley and rhizomes will stay in active growth over the winter. Trees and shrubs. Stop winter moth damage to fruit trees by using grease bands around the trunks. It's the ideal time to plant roses and bare root hedging trees and shrubs are available this month. Though they need to be planted promptly. Wildlife. At this time of year, hedgerows are full of berries, rosehips and sloes and little birds will be all over them, gathering them a veritable feast. You can bring these delightful sight into your garden by planting fruit and hedges and letting them tangle together. I'm not going to add much to that this week. Instead, I'm going to bring on Stephen. Now, Stephen has allotment just along the coast from me in Lansing, which is sort of between Brighton and Worthing on the south coast. I did last visit Stephen's allotment this time last year, and I've been meaning to get there again this year. Unfortunately, just time has not been on my side. This year has flown by. But I managed it this weekend, and uh, that's what we're going to listen to now. (laughs) 
Well, I'm back on Stephen's allotment. I was last here about a year ago. And, uh, well, we're on the South Downs, just north of Worthing. I can see the English Channel to the south. We got right into the east. <laughs> Thank you. And, um, and I live to the west. Just setting the scene for everyone. It's very autumnal at the moment. But, Stephen, lovely to see you again. Thank you very much for inviting me up. No, thank you. Thanks a lot for coming back over again. Always good to meet up, have a general chat about gardening. Now, I can already see you've got a lot of food still growing in here. Bearing in mind this is the beginning of November, it's full of food. Your plot is a bit on the small side, but it's just jammed with food. It's really <laughs> pleasing to see. How has it been this year for you? Um, it's It's been... It's, the year has sort of come and gone, I think, um, in that I feel like I'm still planning for things to do in the summer. And yet the summer is, is, is totally not here. You're absolutely right, there's still a lot in there. But it's all ready to be picked or pulled um, over these next few months and keep us going through the winter. It's been a, a busy, busy year. Lots of things we haven't done, but lots of things we, we have done. So what have you done differently this year? I've done a lot of no dig. So um, I've always done sort of no dig in a way that I put compost over the top each year um but i do tend to dig a lot first um and, I, and that's worked absolutely fine and and to be fair i've done a bit of both this year but did a lot more you no know, digging i've covered with cardboard i put compost over and some bits have worked some bits uh have possibly not worked yeah well it's an ongoing thing isn't it this this whole no dig project i think that's the right way to say it should we have a wander around your allotment and see what we can spy? I mean, I, at the moment I can see there's a little raspberry there just waiting to be picked. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe it's still there, actually. <laughs> I, I've pruned some of those raspberries down. <laughs> well, I think that's bigger to be picked. Do you want to go first and we'll, I'll follow you down? And Right at the very top here we've got raspberries and strawberries. They're all looking in lovely leaf form still, even though it's starting to turn. And they don't seem to be struggling or anything, do they? No, they're still still growing, and and these ones in the middle, as you can see, Richard, they're still quite high dead bits on. They should have been cut down quite a bit by now, but I haven't got round to it. But you know, they're still still growing. This was no dig for early this year, and uh-huh. I really wanted to dig all these up, cover with lots of cardboard, put lots of compost on, put little holes in, and and put the canes back in. I didn't get as far as digging them all up because <laughs> that's quite a job. Yeah. Um, but I did put a lot of cardboard down, and the reason why is this area here really does suffer badly from bindweed. Right. And, and this was original in the plot when we got it. It was a lot bigger. I've scaled it down quite a lot. Okay. Um, but it was so covered in bindweed, I thought the only thing we can do is really yeah, do a hole no dig. But it hasn't really worked, because obviously where the holes are, where the canes are, <laughs> come through and the canes are coming through the cardboard and pushing their way through the bindweed has sort of found its way through so it's probably a bit better you know the bindweed is is weaker um, but it's definitely been a a full-time effort to keep pulling it all up it hasn't been the magic (laughs) I I think that's interesting because I notice especially on my allotment where plants are already growing and they were there when I inherited them on I find it a lot harder to keep on top of the weeds there. Yeah. Whereas the areas that I've started afresh on, I might say I'm on top of the weeds, but it's a lot easier. I'm wondering if that's just us being a bit too... not wanting to get rid of plants. 
that are causing our own headache? I, I think so, um, because you know, picture the plot when this these raspberries, there's three rows, it was six rows, way too many raspberries <laughs> for, yeah. for a plot this size. I didn't want to get rid of any of them, and so we kept a lot in, but this year I was very ruthless and just kept these three um, rows. Yeah. Um, but you're absolutely right. You know, I haven't treated or dug the ground because I can't because there's raspberries, so I've just covered it, and, and it's all legacy planting. If I were to just pull it all up, start from again from scratch, put them back in again, I'm sure the yeah. effort would be be worth it. <laughs> yeah. Now you mentioned that this is quite a small plot that we said it's what five meters by fifteen or something. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's probably a, a quarter plot. Yeah. Statement. It, it's sold to me as a half plot, but it's definitely quarter. It would make a very good back garden. And and I, I picture allotments as being places where there's plenty of room. You can have wheelbarrows, you can just have things you're not quite sure what to do with. Whereas here, every single, as you said, every bit of space is is very much planned out. What I've seen here is that everything has something growing in it. And I get the impression that as soon as you remove a plant, you fill it back up with something. Yeah, and, and that's the idea with the garlic, which was planted just two weeks ago and is coming up. As you saw, there's beetroots planted in with it. And that's because you know I need the space, I needed to put the garlic in, so uh-huh. the, the beetroot will come up in the next few weeks. Um, but we couldn't wait. <laughs> we, we had to plant on top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's the joys of having a, a small plot on your entire allotment site here. They're all squeezed in here, aren't they? They're not even walking down the paths between the allotments. It's quite tight still. Yeah, and, and I guess um, the, the, the whole site's in two parts where down the other end is all original plots uh-huh. this is relatively new as in 1970s right <laughs> um and i guess it was to get as many in as possible um if you get a plot down the down the bottom of the hill uh-huh. you, you get a much bigger <laughs> yes i think I've, we walked down there last time but yeah it, they're very squeezed in here they're these sort of long thin plots and there's ooh, god knows how many but they are squeezed in here I wouldn't even like to get a wheelbarrow in between yours and your neighbours. You, you can't even do that. <laughs> can't even do get a wheelbarrow down. Well, right, so let's carry on walking around and see if you've got some onions in here. They've got in recently by the looks of them. Yep, so I think two weeks ago I, I put those in. Um, I can't quite remember what, what they are, but they're overwinter onions. Mm-hmm. Quite surprised to see them so, um, so well-established, actually, so quickly. They've, they've grown quicker than mine. I can't see any labels, so... Uh, always label I know know. (laughs) (laughs) now we're actually coming up to a little patch of carrots and you had uh, interest in development with these carrots you were telling me yeah so these carrots are are more of an experiment um, because we've got our main row of carrots which are sort of mostly being used up now Um, but over the summer we had um, what could well have been flea beetle whatever it was it was eating carrots pretty quickly or carrot leaves so quick that um, within the space of hours you would see right. plants go. So, you know, I was pretty fed up <laughs> by that. And I pulled a load up, I re-sowed some and thought, well, we're not going to get any carrots this year. So I thought, well, I'll plant some in some small pots at home and and just see why people say, you know, you can't transplant carrots. You know, are they really telling the truth? And so I grew them in pots, I transplanted them out where they are now, had 
two very nice neat rows very pleasing to see these little young plants being planted but as we saw as I pulled one out they look fantastic like real proper nice carrots on top but as soon as you pull them out they're very restricted and thin and and actually that one I pulled out was a good example the others have got very yeah, many legs so so maybe um maybe people are right you can't transplant carrots too much <laughs> well what, what we're seeing with these there's got plenty of foliage good yeah. green solid green healthy looking foliage and when we pulled a carrot out the top of it was a nice size and then it sort of shrunk yeah. uh, almost like the bottom had been squeezed by something Exactly right. I, I, I wonder whether it's almost like the rings of a tree. You couldn't tell if you read your carrot what month you planted it in the ground <laughs> from yeah. how much growth has been sort of restricted. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that makes a lot of sense with what we were seeing yeah. there, what you showed me. So, yeah. And, and the only reason I you know, know that's because it's been transplanted is because, as you can see, the carrots, we did eventually get a good number of carrots and nearly every carrot that we sowed direct has come out as big proper straight you know good carrots so the two aren't too far apart it's definitely transplanting no no they're only what a couple of feet apart so yeah that's definitely um an interesting development there actually something that we have to look into now i see you've got some leeks they're looking nice actually yeah yeah leeks um you can never go wrong with with leeks so um we were planting these in when we were still pulling from last year um, yep. again i had to find space which is why there's some down the other end as well right <laughs> they're all meant to be here but we had potatoes here yes, um, yes we couldn't dig them up quick enough <laughs> yes i do remember there being potatoes here now i'm just looking at your soil actually you can really see the chalky sandy soil you have up on here you are on the south downs it's the only way i can describe it yeah uh, you know what, my old allotment was also on the South Downs and I know the soil we had there was also incredibly chalky and incredibly sandy. Do you find this soil is sandy and holds on to moisture? Or? I think, yeah, definitely this end where it's right next to a fence, right next to the South Downs. It's yeah, a lot, lot, lot chalkier, a lot sandier. You can almost see as you go a bit further away, you know, it's starting to turn into a bit more... Sort of, sort of usable soil and uh-huh. that's you know artificially done you know that's yeah. with years worth of stuff going on yeah and i think this is really why the paths are right next to the fence that goes onto the south downs because further on you know we've had trouble growing stuff right yeah i mean you also got a bit of a shade from the trees on the other side of this fence here so yeah and of course, Richard, you always come in the winter time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I will come in the summer. <laughs> but in the summer, we would be covered by tree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so we do suffer from not enough rain yeah. and, and trees sucking out all the moisture and the ground being very chalky and, and bitty around here. Yeah. Um, but you can, you can almost see all the chalk just slowly disappears as you... Yes. As you go across. Yeah, I can see that looking at it. And that's in quite a short area, five metres across. Yeah. You can see the chalk is, is disappearing. Now, I do remember these currant bushes you had up here last time. I remember them being oh, yeah. here last year. How did they produce for you this year? Well, they've done very well. In fact, we've, I've got rid of one because it basically was in the way and, and it wasn't really doing much. Now, last year, we didn't net these bushes and you know not, no surprise the birds had everything <laughs> this year we, we netted it and it looked really ugly of always netting everywhere yeah but um you know that's just what you have to do and um 
yeah, we picked a lot of black currants and white currants, enough to make quite a bit of jam nice. and stuff with. So that was they've done really well. Lesson is really just to make sure they're covered and and, and you'll get stuff back. Great idea, great idea. Now, just in front of us also, we've got some chard, uh, which is one of my favourite winter vegetables, actually, because I just think it looks good throughout the winter. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and this will keep going on. This will go into next year and, and, and longer. Um, yeah. The red one had trouble. It bolted with all the sort of changeable hot and then cold weather. Um, but I cut it right back, and now it's all sprouted back out again. Yeah, I'll be cutting some of this before we leave to take home yeah. tonight. So we're about halfway down your allotment site now already, and there's still so much more to carry on through. What are these bottles doing here? <laughs> well, we're growing bottles. <laughs> growing bottles. Yeah. So last Monday I, I planted some overwinter broad beans, yeah. and um, I can't quite remember a name, but it's for the normal overwintering broad beans everyone grows. Claudia. That's the one. Right. I'm glad you, <laughs> you said it. <laughs> um, so the bottles are just, uh, I don't know, just to make it a little bit happier for them um, and the sticks will stay in there and they uh-huh. grow up um, and there's as we saw earlier on there's a couple starting to pop pop through which was a bit of a surprise yeah because you only planted these on monday you said yeah, and it's, and it's sunday. sunday today so within a week they've germinated yeah. uh, and, and that's outside okay you've popped the bottle over to act as like a mini greenhouse but they're growing outside in the ground whereas mine at home are in my potting shed they do grow quite quickly and it, all you've done for the bottles is just cut the bottom off isn't it and just popped them over and then stuck a cane through to hold them into place yeah and to be fair it's, it's doing two things one obviously it's making a little sort of greenhouse but at the same time because it's over winter the sticks are, are sort of showing me where they are <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and what I'm quite impressed about, now yesterday we had some stormy weather come through here. And it doesn't look like they've been affected at all. That's your garlic we've mixed with your beetroot you were talking about earlier. Yep, so um, we had beans and beetroot in here, and all I've done since then is just covered it in mushroom compost, and um, I stuck in a load of garlic bulbs of, again, can't quite remember <laughs> what they are without, without looking them up, but I think they've all mostly come up. I think I can see one clove just sitting on the ground. Oh, yes. That maybe a bird has managed to get hold of, but um, that's the only casualty, I think. Yeah. I, I think we said earlier, I think it's going to be a good year for garlic this year because all my garlic has really germinated quite quickly and growing mm. at quite a rate. I could be taking that back in a few weeks because now I've said that we're going to get a really cold snap or something and wipe it all out. Now, let's venture onwards. and We've got... Looks like some sort of brassicas here. Ah, well, this is um, parsnip, actually. Oh, parsnip. Yeah. Um, right. Slightly worried because I transplanted these. Okay. <laughs> and I know what happens when you transplant. But to be fair, you know, I, I think quite a lot of people do. And you know, I transplanted them very young, as in, you know, very young. Just, yeah. just got the first couple of leaves up. And I only did that because people say how hard it is to grow. Um, I, I, I'll see how they go, but I think probably next year I might just sow direct in the ground. Uh-huh. Um, I'm a bit scared to pull my first ones <laughs> to see what, what they look like underneath. I reckon you should do it right now yeah. while, while we're recording this. So have let's have a look. It's a nice big top. Though. Nice big top. Should I tell you an easy way of getting your go parsnips on. out? Push it down oh, yeah. and then pull it up. Oh doesn't look like when you push it down it's moving much 
However, he's wiggling around this parsnip to get it out. It's slowly coming. That's stuck in the ground quite well, isn't it? That's not a bad parsnip. So he's, he, what, what, what Stephen's pulled out is a, a parsnip that's probably, what, seven inches long? It's yeah. quite a thick on the top and it narrows down. It's a, not a perfect shape, but it's not far off a perfect shape, actually, it I don't like think. A, it looks like what it should be. Yeah. Um, but I think, again, you can, you can sort of tell the difference. It does look like it is slightly squeezed on the bottom. Yeah. Um, but... But to be fair, you know, and there's a lot here, you know, that, that will be fine yeah that's yeah. a perfectly good parsnip for yeah, for a meal yeah, yeah. and now down towards behind the parsnips you've got celeriac yeah no. yeah um never grown that before never really tasted it before um, but i like the look of them really because they look like mandrakes from harry <laughs> potter <laughs> and, and they smell really nice as you rub yeah. against them it's sort of celery aniseed sort of smell it's been quite nice sort of weeding around them and eating over the last months but we did pull one up the other week and, and we had it and yeah it wasn't too bad yeah um, put it in a stew yeah see i've got celeriac at home first time i've tried growing them as well and i'm a bit unsure about the taste if i'm honest because a bit like turnips they're they're okay but they're not anything to write home about we'll find out uh, but, but again i don't even remember last year i had salsify Yes. Um, which which I didn't like the taste of. It was too much hassle. So, as you can see, it's not here yeah. <laughs> this year. But these celeriac could be no problem, really. Just put them in, kept them very well watered, yeah. and, and they just grown. So. Yeah, they do seem to be quite easy to grow, I have to admit. Yeah. So venturing further on, now these are definitely good brassicas, and yeah. they're your Swedes. Yeah, and, and they've been, as you can see here, quite badly attacked by either slugs or pigeons or probably a mixture of both um there's not a lot of leaf on on them and and yeah i guess a little bit disappointing because last year we 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 grew some nice looking ones so Mm -hmm. um i'm not quite sure what we could have done to to make those better but you know we're we're pulling and we'll eat them all the same yeah so what so what we're seeing actually here is that the leaves have been nibbled on or stripped back quite a bit probably by pigeons i suspect you kind of got the stem of the leaf and then these little wispy bits on the end so something's definitely been eating them however i can see you have got at least a couple of swedes under the soil that aren't a bad size actually i think they're probably a, a large turnip size that do quite nicely in a bit wouldn't happy, it happy with that really yeah yeah, yeah. Right, and next, over these nettings, you've got more brassicas. You've got some kale. Now, you were a bit unsure about your kale, I think you said earlier. Well, well it, it's, it, we had it much better, much bigger last year when it was over the other side of the plot, whereas right. here we are right up against the fence. Yeah. Now, this is where I've done sort of true no dig in, in that the ground underneath here is really poor. So I did put on the cardboard, I put on a lot of compost, um, but what I really found is that the ground underneath stayed, uh, underneath the cardboard and the compost stayed very hard. Uh-huh. Um, so it's, I guess almost sort of stunted or could be sort of stunting what's going on in that the roots are going down, getting down to this hard layer and then sort of giving up. So yeah, yeah, we've got kale and, and to be fair, you know, apart from, you know, where the pigeons have got it because the wind's blown off the netting, um, 
it's a decent plant. But mm. compared to last year when they were sort of this high. Um, so that's about four foot high, wasn't it, you were pointing out? At the moment, they're about two foot high. Yeah, yeah. But again, you know, there's nothing wrong. You know, we can eat, eat all of that. Um, just last year, we, we had, well, we had way too much because they'd done so well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I quite like kale actually. I mean, it's it's one you've got to be creative to use in the kitchen. Chinese seaweed is one of my favourite things yeah, to do yeah. with kale. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know you could. I didn't know what Chinese seaweed was, but when I worked it out and found the recipe or you know, found the instructions, it was you know quite a good moment because yeah, it's quite nice to eat. You can't really buy it <laughs> apart from <laughs> from a takeaway. And, and as you say, you know, once you get used to cooking it, so just chop it up into small bits, put it in curries or or things it's just like a little bit of green yeah it's quite nice really absolutely absolutely and then underneath this netting you've got Brussels sprouts we've got a little bit of everything here so um the netting was a bit temporarily tem- uh-huh. temporarily put up until i could find time to do something a bit bigger but <laughs> i never got to do it so it stayed there uh-huh. so we've got and i only found out the other week um a couple of cabbages down here right um which i didn't really remember planting um but you're absolutely right there's sprouts there's red cabbage hidden right underneath that won't be particularly good because it's been shaded Uh Um, but we did have a lot of broccoli in here as well which we've eaten most of but i noticed we've got quite a lot of sprouts which uh, look like they're probably ready to be picked well, I've got to say, actually, these plants do look quite healthy looking. They're really nice and green again, which I always think is a good sign of how healthy yeah. they're growing and how happy they are. And, yeah, you have got a few Brussels sprouts that are ready for picking. That's your, your dinner side, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember last year I had had sprouts up the other end and they were absolutely <laughs> covered in whitefly. That's right, yes. And they almost changed the colour because they were so yeah. infested. Well, um, you know, I... I I, I didn't pull them up like I was tempted to, thinking they were a disaster. And all of a sudden, you, you know, the whitefly all got killed off, I guess, and we had a huge number of plants, but they just looked really bad. Um, you know, it tasted fantastic, washed them all off, but they just weren't nice to look at. But these look look like they're doing what they're meant to be doing. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. And what looks like the final thing on this little allotment tour? Potatoes, still growing. Yep, yeah, so these are purposely planted christmas potatoes so um i'm surprised they haven't died off yeah i mean i'm seeing there's what 10 potato plants quite closely together but if you get new potatoes out of them exactly i i i ordered the seed potatoes and i had a bit of a panic where we could actually put them on the plot (laughs) so which is why they're just at the corner here and as you say quite quite closely put together um interestingly we had um pumpkin and um, sweet potato here right and and they didn't thrive at all really? much like the, the kale but also this is at the top underneath those trees where they're exactly. sucking the moisture out so yeah there's a, a definitely a, a difference in the areas on your plot in such a small area as well yeah, it's quite amazing, actually. Yeah, such a, a thin plot. I know exactly where now to plant things and, and where not to, which yeah. is really what we sort of learnt a bit this year. Last year was the first year, uh, finding our way. Um, this is the second year where we're well, still finding our way, really, still learning. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any plans for next year, what you plan to do with this allotment? Um, interesting question, really. It's um, I, I'd like... We had such good luck with potatoes last year and it's annoying because i take up such a huge amount of room um 
but I, I would like to put some more in somehow. Right. Um, and cabbage as well. Um, so we, we try and do them throughout the year. We've never grown cabbage. There's one left in here, and and they just they just you know they keep us going for meals for a long time. And actually here it looks like a raised bed, but it's it's not. <laughs> From what you can remember about me not liking raised beds, the reason why it's got the pallet collar over is because it's just an instant way of putting the netting across right yeah. um, so i put the cabbage plants in and then just left it <laughs> right fantastic fantastic well thank you very much for having us up here today it's been fantastic as always hopefully we'll see you again next year well that's it for this week now big thank you to steve for letting me come onto his allotment and check it out He does have a YouTube channel that he puts the occasional videos on and his YouTube channel is called Steve. I'll add links in the blog post if you want to check that out. Now, as always, if you have any comments, please don't forget to get in touch either through the website, thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk. You can email me, richard at thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk or through social media, just search for The Veg Grower Podcast. Now, if you're interested in letting me come to your allotment and have a wander around, I would be really interested in doing that. I'd hope to do more this year. Unfortunately, as I said earlier, time has not been on my side this year, but hopefully I would really like to do more of these allotment tours. Anyway, that's it for this week, so please take care, and I'll see you again next time. <laughs>